The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. And I want to go to the phones now and welcome Alexandria. Hello. Hi. You have a question about dying? Yes. Well, I mean, the thing is, is, is I've been having this like kind of weird phobia for about two years. And it sometimes hits me during my birthday. Um, How you know, old 20, are you? I'm, yeah. well, today I'm 24. Okay. How, oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, I guess it's not a happy one if you're afraid of dying, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll try to put a dent in that, see if you can get some pleasure from it. And it's, I mean, right now, I mean, usually I can get away these thoughts pretty fast by thinking of something else. Okay. So you keep, I, I keep picturing, you know, my funeral and my death and me dying young. Yeah. And I feel awful about it. Uh, right now I'm engaged. Yeah. And my fiance is going into the army. In next year, it seems kind of uncertain of where we'll be. So I kind of think, is that the reason? I'm not sure. Okay. Because I was having these, these phobias before he decided to join the army. Okay, so you're doing something wonderful for yourself. Whenever you have intrusive thoughts, thoughts that you don't want to be there, sometimes they're even called pop-up thoughts. They just pop into your mind and you don't want them there. How do you pop them back out of your mind and how do you do it in a way where they don't get a foothold in there again? So what... Yeah, go ahead. Well, before, I mean, like... Now I'm thinking constantly. I've been thinking about it constantly for about a week or two. Yeah. Um, but before I would think about stupid things. I would think about you know, Star Wars or I would think about something, something that would change my mind. Okay, so you use distraction. The good thing you're doing is you're focusing on it to get rid of it. It's a problem to solve. And when any of us have a psychological problem, if we don't focus on the problem to solve it, Alexandria, then we're never going to fix it. So you're focusing on it and you're identifying some very important facts. One is that it started two years ago. Two, uh, that you've had some limited success with using distraction, thinking about stupid things, you called it, right? Yeah. Three, that you know that there's a component that may be related to the fact that your boyfriend or your fiancé is going into the army, and that is scary. And he doesn't know where he will be stationed. And that is a potential life-threatening situation, isn't it? Yes. So and The thing is, 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 recently I've started to see, like, like I, I feel like I'm foretelling my own death because I keep thinking of like seeing hints like on television. Yeah. Someone mentioned the funeral or, or death or okay. something. Okay. Even though I know it's no big deal. Imagination is wonderful. If you're creating playful Disney movies, imagination is horrible if you're... Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. <laughs> I wish I knew more about what girls want from a relationship. Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance, a serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Huh. The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. Imagination is horrible if you're playing with your own mind and envisioning, inviting in and rehearsing scary horror movie scenarios. This is right out of horror movie stuff, right? 
So you can just tell your, change the channel. You can use a method of saying, I am not going to rehearse this stinking thought anymore. This is called stinking thinking. In Rhode Island, mm -hmm. we wouldn't put the G's on the end. It would just be stinking thinking. Um, and th that is a cognitive therapy term that's used, a therapy term, stinking thinking. You want, when I have stinking thinking, Alexandria, I want to figure out, is there any merit to this? For example, if I'm 24, I meaning Ellen, if I'm 24 years old and I think I, I, I'm fearing my own death, well, do I have cancer? If the answer is no, then I'd say, well, w what else? Is there anything in reality that would tell me that I'm facing imminent death? And if I lived in a concentration camp, I'd say, well, yeah, but I don't. So if you don't have any facts that support your dying, that should help. Go ahead. Well, the problem is, is that... Um, I well, I thought uh, so, and then I have to go to the doctors. So since I I had like, a small problem, it was nothing big. It was just something with my birth control, and it is actually this thought actually happens a lot when I'm when I'm on my period. Um, also, I found out from my grandmother recently that we have cystic fibrosis of the uterus. Okay. That runs in our family. Even though I know it's not deadly, it it still kind of scares me a bit. Okay. You can end, you need a way to manage that. First of all, you need to give yourself alternative thoughts because if your subconscious, if your mind only has a menu of stinky thoughts, the stinking thinking thoughts, then it's going to choose something stinking to think about, right? But if you have it, it it's pot, it, well, let's just say for me, I'm thinking, "Oh my god, what if I die? What if I die of cystic fibrosis?" What's a, another possibility? What if I don't die? Yes. What if I never get it? Right? Yeah. That's it, the thing is it, it I know I I, mean, I know it's not cystic fibrosis of the kind that people die from because if that was the case my grandparents would be dead. You know, okay, so so this is the good thinking you're doing. You're you're using reason and facts, facts first, and reasoning from those facts to make a lie of your scary horror movie thoughts. You're saying, yeah. I never had to think about it. And you want to get to the point where you can just laugh at those thoughts. They come up and you say, I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm not going to indulge this thinking. I'm not going to envision my funeral. I'm so young. You are so young that I am. I refuse to play that game. I am going to enjoy my life and think about having some fun and think about good things with my fiancé and enjoy what I have. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Afghans is that we've been together almost every day for six years. Yeah. And he's going to be gone for five months. Oh, you need a way to handle that. There are support groups, army support groups. Um, are, are you aware of them? I'm, I'm assuming you are. Yeah. You may have, a, and you may not like the particular group. You may want to find another, or you may not like groups, and that way you need to find some friends. You do need to build a parallel life with things you love doing. Things that are hobbies, interests. Uh, you could you could go to a, a bookstore, or Barnes and Nobles, and look at their magazines to pick up a new hobby if you don't have one. Um, I do have one question, uh, if it's okay with you, and that's what happened two years ago that you got this phobia. I have no idea. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. Okay. Um, I thought. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I I thought that it could have been because I was also on my period when I first thought of it. Maybe since then. 
I've kind of linked my period with thoughts of dying. Okay. And, and also, I was in the middle of writing a story where the main character dies. Okay. You are magnificent. Do you notice you went from I don't know to two really good possibilities? Yeah. That could have caused it. In one sentence, I mean, if you're a writer, that was pretty darn good. So you're, <laughs> if you're a mystery writer, you just solved your own mystery, or at least you're on the way to it. So if you mentally associated your period to uh, with dying, and if you had a character and a plot in your story that was dying, and then you kind of took that upon yourself... I'm not surprised, and you're not surprised. Listen, I think you're doing some really good thinking work, and I would recommend cognitive therapy. Um, you could go to my website, drkenner.com, and I have a link to a cognitive therapy website. And there are also good cognitive therapy books on my um, on my website. Uh, one of them is Mind Over Mood. Thank you so much for the call, Alexandria. Thank you very much. You're welcome. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com, and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Communication is not only verbal. Observe how your partner acts in different situations. How one acts is a form of communication, inadvertent or not, and it can reveal valuable clues to your partner's values and deepest feelings. For example, does your partner withdraw in the face of conflict? Is your partner easily angered or depressed by criticism? Does your lover get excited when you dress or undress in certain ways? Do your partner's moods change in predictable or unpredictable ways in response to people or events? Such observations set the stage for ongoing communication. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.